And a very good morning to you. On the phone with me is Sharan Klein. He is superintendent of Redmond Schools. Sharan, good morning, sir. Good morning, Frank. Thanks for having me on this morning. Thanks very much for uh, calling in and taking some time with us today. How are uh, uh, road and walk, sidewalk conditions out in Redmond this morning? We're doing okay. It's a little bit slippery. The uh, Definitely went a little more frost last night than we were expecting, but uh, all within uh, uh, safe tolerances, if you will. Within these last couple of weeks, how has the Arctic blast that we got in the freezing rain, which uh, is, that freezing rain was pretty heavy. I mean, I talked to uh, uh, longtime folks around here and that pretty much uh, powdered snow or snow and then clearing, that's expected. Cold temperatures, fine. Freezing rain, this was the worst that many folks have seen. How did it affect schools? Yeah, it reminded me a lot of when I used to work in the Lama Valley. I had to deal with a lot of freezing rain there and had to call school for that quite a bit. Um, it's always the hardest um, because our buses and our and you know people out driving, um, it's the most unsafe conditions. You know, packed snow um, can be dealt with pretty well with with snow tires and chains and and uh, all weather traction. Uh, but the the freezing rain creates something completely different. And you know, it's it's quick. It's uh, it's a very uh, slow surface. Uh, our biggest issue was on um, Tuesday when that freezing rain started to come in before school was out. Uh, logistically, it's just really hard to get kids home early. And so, because we've got to, you know, call them bus drivers and rearrange schedules and call every parent and all that. And so, um, so that was tough to deal with. We got everybody home safely, though, uh, which was good. We sent staff home as quick as we could, as soon as the, as soon as the, um, the the kids were out now so that was that was rough when uh, friday of course was really uh well, i guess that was thursday but friday of course was really really um uh slick uh, so we had to watch for that. It was worse uh, north, up in Jefferson County, and then, and then kind of it wasn't as bad down towards Lapine, but still the whole area was affected. How about your school closure days? Have you had to close some this uh, this year? So we've closed one day, uh, which was last Friday, and then we've had two late starts. So roughly uh, 12 hours of instruction. Um, you know, and people ask about that a lot. Instruction is done by, um, it's not measured out by days by the state, it's measured out by hours. And we have a certain amount of hours we have to provide. Uh, high school students are supposed to get 990 hours of instruction, middle school students um, uh, 900, uh, and so on. And so we're really in pretty good shape for both middle school and elementary. Uh, they're, they're, um, we're close for high school hours of instruction. We're still okay. But, um, you know, if we get too much more of this, we'd have to consider some rescheduling. But right at the moment, we're all right. Seniors, of course, have a have a shortened week at the end of the year. And so that that group is probably the most at risk of trying to adjust their schedules to deal with instructional hours. But at this point, you haven't lost enough hours to ha- have to have any makeup days, right? No, we haven't. Uh, if we, like I said, if we have much more of this, then we'll have to consider it another couple days we would. But right at the moment, we're okay. Um, the uh, decision to delay or cancel, are you getting up pretty early in the morning these days? Oh, yeah. I'm usually up about 4.30, uh, 4 to 4.30 on those. Um, the uh, We have a couple folks that are out driving. My, I'm the assistant superintendent of operations, Tony Pupo, is out driving. Our transportation supervisor is out driving. And so they're out scouring the roads. We've got people looking there. And the main thing we're looking at is can buses um, – cover it. You know, our buses, of course, are, are a safer vehicle than cars. They're heavier, and we have traction uh, tires on them. We have automatic chains on them for the snow. And so uh, those machines work pretty well. 
have to be able to turn around because they're very large uh, pieces, and we have too much snow. Our sort of our turnaround areas can't be used. So anyway, we're checking all that out. Um, then the other superintendents and I uh, in the region have kind of a text um, thing going on where we're we're texting back and forth to see what everyone else is going to do and kind of compare um, conditions up and down uh, Highway 97 out into Prineville and over to Sisters. So we're we're looking all that, uh, and then we make our best call based on the on the conditions that we have and the recommendations of our drivers. So how is, is media and parents notified? Um, we use a program called Parent Square, and Parent Square is sort of an all-encompassing notification system. Uh, it goes out to parents, and it, it creates a text message, an email, and an automated phone call. So all that goes out to everybody in our system. Uh, our media is also notified through that same system. Well, let's move on to the school boards. This is School Board Recognition Month, and uh, tell me a little bit about that. Well, um, as you know, this is School Board Recognition Month, and we want to take the opportunity to recognize our school board, uh, appreciate their service. Uh, as everybody knows, um, school boards are an elected position. It's not a position people get paid for. Uh, they kind of do out of the do do, uh, goodness of their heart. Uh, the super, the and our our five board members is our board chair Michael Summers, our uh, assistant board chair uh, Liz Goodrich, Amanda Page, who's our newest board member, uh, Eric Lee, and Carrie Lopez, and we appreciate the five of them um, doing this volunteer service to help uh, to provide oversight of the school district. People sometimes have a misunderstanding what school boards do. I mean, uh, our school board members, you know, they get talked to in grocery stores and stuff about people's particular issues, but really school. Board members aren't involved in our operations. They're involved with kind of our governance. They, they, uh, they, uh, they pass policy, and policy is generally reflective of the laws that are passed in Salem. Passed in Salem, they don't create laws. Um, but they help us create uh, sort of the operating procedures of how we interpret them and kind of work forward. Uh, they, they provide budget oversight. They provide operational oversight. Uh, they help help uh, set a direction for where we want to take the school and how we want to allocate our resources. Um, so really it's, a, it's kind of that community connection to how, how the, the schools work. Um, and anyway, we really appreciate them doing that work. It, it's important work. It needs to be done. Um, they sometimes get beat up a lot for doing it, and uh, most of the time they're just out there doing their best, um, you know, trying to trying to work with us. I'm comparing uh, the hierarchy to this, say, the city management. So, city managers in charge of everybody who does jobs in the city, except his bosses are the city council. Yep. Is it the same kind of situation with you? Yeah, that's exactly how it works. I, I am the superintendent is the school board's only employee. Uh, everybody else, if you will, kind of works for me. Uh, and so they they can, you know, give me directives or kind of work on things or set direction. But then I work with the staff. School boards generally don't work with the staff. Um, that's not their that's not their connection. They don't have any any oversight or any authority over those those folks. And school board members really only have authority through a vote. They have to the majority have to agree on anything. And like I said, I am their employee and they evaluate me um, based on, on their criteria. FM News 100.1, KBND. We're talking to Dr. Sharan Klein. He is the superintendent of Redmond Schools. You've got uh, a bond committee. Tell us a little bit more about what's going on with that. Yeah, that's made the headlines pretty good the last little bit. Um, 
what we're doing right now is, just so everybody knows, we're we're uh, looking at a bond in November of 24. Um, this is a bond that's a no tax increase kind of bond. We have a we have a bond retiring, and so for the same same rate that people are currently pay, we're able to make uh, an investment, kind of a generational investment, into our schools. Um, this will be the only time in the next 14 years we have the chance to pass a pass a bond without uh, raising anybody's taxes. And so, you know, as you know, our, our communities are responsible for the upkeep of the schools, um, kind of those major capital projects or, uh, you know, in the way the structure in Oregon works is that's that's a community responsibility. And so it's that idea of, of what are we giving into the into the future? What are we giving into our future generations? Uh, our, we, we've got a couple different projects we're thinking about, and our bond committee is looking at it. Of course, we just have things that need to get fixed all over the place, you know, uh, seating systems that go down that are major capital investments and that sort of thing. You know, parking lots need to get replaced. Um, you know, buildings need to get painted. And, and we do minor maintenance out of our regular um, operating funds, but these funds. But these um, bigger projects are kind of part of bond work. So we're uh, looking at a a number of different things. The main thing that's caught the headlines is the heating system at RHS. Um, We've got uh, 50-year-old pipes in there that are transporting hot water um, to to our – systems to heat the classrooms, and those pipes are degrading and crumbling, uh, and we have to replace those. Um, and uh, they just happen to be in a cavity that's uh, not accessible by anywhere but by pulling out the ceiling, and there's all kind of asbestos in there as well. So it creates a pretty expensive fix to replace those pipes, uh, mitigate the uh, asbestos, and pull apart the ceilings. It really is going to cause students to be out of that building for up to a year. That's our, what our contractors are telling us right now. So to pull that off, we would have to um, we'd have to create sort of a modular school outside on some of the green spaces. We have to bring in 22 modular classrooms, or you know, look like mobile homes basically, and you you lay them out and go through that. Uh, so how to get that done is is really what we're looking at, um, and that that's just to repair the heating system. It's it's pretty expensive, uh, and it doesn't really change instructional spaces. RHS, of course, um, also needs some real upgrades to our critic ed programs, our music classrooms, our locker rooms. Kind of a a, a big section of the building needs to get refurbished. So and that's a that's a pretty expensive bill. So we, we've been looking at that. We've also talked about the idea, as, as I talked about last time on the show of instead of doing that refurbishing at the high school. Now, we would still have to do the repair of the heating system, so that building is still functional. Um, we've talked about the idea of building a, a huge career tech ed center over at Ridgeview High School and then moving all of our kids over there. So every kid has... has um, every kid has access to every program that we offer because right now our programs are kind of split in half between high schools. So there's, there's a lot to it on that, but the bond committee is working on that. They're, they're getting cost estimates. They're, um, they're going to start serving or we have a company who will start serving the community to see how people feel about these ideas. Uh, and then we'll come back in March and start starting putting some real ideas out there to recommend to the school board. So there's a lot going on with that. It's a, it's an ongoing process. All right. Well, that's a story that we'll be following for the next several months then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, happy to answer any specific questions about that. Um, But really, we're just trying to figure out what's the most cost-effective way um, to make sure all of our students are well-served for the long term. Dr. Sharan Klein, Superintendent Redmond Schools. Sharan, always great to talk to you, sir. Thanks, Frank. It's always good to be on. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND.